buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Theodox Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Gracie and this is Joshua. Hello, hello, welcome. And today we'd like to welcome a new guest, uh, John Hyatt here. John, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Um, John, have you seen like, um, I guess some strength derived from the growing of the hair? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, mainly just because I have to pull the the knots out, Uh, the brush. Um, but yeah, I get the Samson and so you're suffering through those knots. Yeah, and you're right. Stronger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got good kind of forearm wrists. So is it like a little bit of fear of like uh, you think you'll lose that if you cut the hair? <laughs> it was always, you know, the Samson story was always really odd to me as a kid. No, but now <laughs> having hair that's decently long, I understand the hesitation, you know, to cut. <laughs> I just, oh. I don't know if I'd be the same. Because there's a commitment. Me. Like, I've gone right, through years right. when I, mine was long. So I've had long hair. Right. I'm a fellow long hair. <laughs> Maybe not right now. But, not right now. But I have been, and I get it. Like, you let it grow for a year or more, and you're like, do I really want to cut this? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. like a bunch of girls talking right now. Do I want to cut it short, or should I leave it long? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I talked <laughs> to my wife about my hair more than <laughs> yeah. I care to admit. Uh, but yeah. All right, well, trying to be serious, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm married to uh, Taylor, and she's a physician in town. We have two little girls, uh, mm-hmm. Eleanor and Charlie. Eleanor's oh. uh, two and a half, and Charlie is about four months, uh, oh, four wow. months this week. Man. Uh, we've been down in uh, Greenwood for uh, three years now. I uh, came down for my wife to do her residency here, and ended up, uh, I ended up pastoring a church, which ended up keeping us here in Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Woodfield's Baptist Church, and we've been there um, for a little bi- little while now, um, just trying to do some good work. Yeah, cool. cool. Well, tonight we got a, a fun podcast, something that's just on everybody's mind yes. and just love talking about. Super excited. So we're going to talk about suffering. Uh, it's a very popular subject. Yep. Everyone <laughs> so, wants to talk about it. You well, know, everyone, like... everyone suffers, right? <laughs> that is true. Everyone suffers. But no one wants to talk about it. (laughs) Well, I think the fact that everyone does suffer means it is something good to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, firstly, it'd be cool just to kind of jump in, like, not from, I know we all come at this from a biblical perspective, but just to kind of think through, like, maybe what are some some reasons that people suffer, some purpose, or yeah, why is there suffering in the world without a biblical understanding? What are some thoughts on that? from the start? I would say like non-believers, they might would just say human desire, evil, karma. Um, Just kind of, you know, some of those basic terms that you hear as far as why they're suffering is just, it is. I don't know that necessarily people dwell so much on why is there suffering, but it's just, it seems to be an inevitable part of life. Um, Hmm. I know like the um, Mr. Wilson on Dennis the Menace, you know, like you better get used to it because disappointment is going to be a big part of your life. <laughs> I mean, not to make light of our suffering, but I mean, it's, it's an expected part of life. We derive say. our philosophy from Dennis the Menace. Basically. Or Mr. Wilson, I guess. Mr. Wilson. <laughs> I think 
like that that's a really it seems like a really basic observation but is just really really important that everybody suffers mm. right it is just something that like runs throughout right. all of all of humanity and um, no one is exempt from it right. uh, I, I think it's something that everybody does try to make some sense of right it, yeah you yeah. know and I think that's even to think about how do people from a non-biblical perspective make sense of the suffering. From what I understand, you either have to make sense of it from, well, why does it exist, mm -hmm. right? And give a kind of a causal explanation for it. Right. Uh, why, why is this here in the first place? What's made suffering a reality? Mm -hmm. Or you have to be able to explain, well, what's its purpose, right? Even if you don't have an explanation for why it's here, you have to, I think we just are, as human beings, just look for meaning in things. Right. And especially with something that's as pervasive and as close to us as <laughs> suffering, we ha we're just kind of meaning-making people. And I think that's a lot of what um, just the average person, you know, they have some kind of explanation or some reasoning that they're going to try to put together sure. um, or grasp for to explain what they've been through. Yeah. It's true, like we're establishing of believers, non-believers, like like we normally do in most of our podcasts, like there's a ground level here, right? Like we all experience suffering, right? right? So the real question would be then, um, how do we make sense of it? As believers? As believers. Yeah. So let's walk through, I guess, some of that biblical understanding of what it means to suffer. Why would y'all say from a biblical standpoint, is there suffering? Why does it exist? Why does it exist? I think we, we're, we're probably all thinking of like the same basic kind of starting point, mm -hmm. right? Where if we, we think about Genesis 3, God's yeah. created the world good, and then the man and the woman tried to make themselves like God, and it kind of breaks the order of everything, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Um, and like I think that's kind of the big picture. Well, where does suffering come from, right? right. God made everything good until sin broke it. And then Paul kind of picks that up and says, you know, sin entered through, and through sin, death, or yeah. death entered mm -hmm. the world, right? Yep. And that death is kind of a overarching concept for like all of our suffering, right? Yeah. But I think there's a, you, to, I think to also be biblical in the way that we speak about that, we, we have to be careful not to use that as the solution for every form of suffering, right? right? Right. You know, if, if something has happened to someone you love and they say, why has this happened? I don't think the first thing you want to drop in with necessarily is, well, you know, there's just sin in the world and it's just bad. You know, that's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to help people understand, especially if they're resistant to that. Yeah. But that isn't, you know, just having that fact doesn't really hmm. um, help us make sense of particular sufferings. And, right. Um, it's not the most the sensitive thing right, to right. say mm -hmm. right off the bat. Well, because, and I guess here's the the nuance of that to some extent, obviously not fully, but because of that, we then have, I mean, it's interesting how similar um, the world's uh, source of e suffering is mm -hmm. similar, like um, ego, desire, you know, those sorts of things, because those are actually like we have a reason for that. Right. Right. You know, mm -hmm. seeing that from because of the fall mm -hmm. and specifically suffering because of the fall moves my heart to do evil things, mm -hmm. moves other people's hearts to do evil things. Um, as uh, Paul also spoke of uh, the curse 
was the curse of the although of all of creation and mm -hmm. and all of creation is groaning waiting for the day for all this to be made new so you have natural disasters you know you have um, car accidents you know things that happen that you have birth defects or genetic issues you know so yeah I mean I, I think obviously the starting point being the fall mm -hmm. but recognizing that that causes a bunch of other minute things right. in different ways mm -hmm. and, and I think a, an important thing for us to remember too with with the story of the Bible is that the Bible's not written like, well, here's the story that explains suffering. And then there right. are a bunch of other stories that kind of deal with other things. Like, you know, like, at least the way like I was taught like Greek mythology, right? It's like, well, why is there lightning? Well, here's the story about how lightning came to be. Or why is there suffering? Well, there's this story about how suffering came to be. But hmm. suffering is at the beginning of the Bible and then it runs all the way through the yeah. rest of the scriptures, right? right. Like it's, it's like one of the dominant themes. Mm -hmm. And especially when you get to the New Testament, it becomes one of these themes that gets kind of like everything else turned on its head through what Jesus does, right? right? Which um, was suffering. Right, which was which was itself suffering, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But, you know, I think one of those, just kind of pick on one of the things you said um, is when we're explaining suffering and thinking about the overarching, just the presence of suffering, um, I think that's why Job is so... Um, one, why it's in the Bible, right? But also why it's so challenging is because it doesn't give very clear, easy answers to yeah. the, the what right. happens. Yeah. And even what Job yeah. says throughout the book is itself so challenging and confusing, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a hard book to read, especially if you're going through um, some trials and stuff at that point in life, too. Um, because, like you said, there aren't necessarily any super clear answers there. Um, but basically from what we're all saying, and I feel like biblically what we all understand is that suffering exists because we live in a fallen world, right? right? Mm -hmm. in a, um, yeah, in a general sense. In, in a yeah. general sense. So if that's the reason why, you know, we're going to go a little further because that's what we like to do. We're curious people. But the follow-up question then would be, okay, so this is why we have suffering, but what is the purpose of suffering? I know we're going to do, I'm just going to kind of maybe go off on a tangent, but this is, this is related, but I know eventually we're going to do a podcast probably on Christian cliches, but I think this Imagine. is a good time that I just want to address one of these, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is you hear this phrase a lot, which is something along the lines of um, what Satan means for evil, God will turn for good. Mm -hmm. And um, this really is is wrong. Kind of a twisting of uh, in Genesis 50 whenever Joseph um, who had his at the hands of his brothers were he was uh, beaten, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery and eventually becomes the second in command in Egypt and you know years later whenever he is identified or reveals himself to his brothers and they are broken over mm -hmm. it and, and he says to them you meant that for evil, or you did evil, but God meant it for good. And the purpose behind what happens to us has to be connected to an understanding that God's not absent from it. He's not, it, it's not as if the actions that happened to Joseph were you know, God was surprised by them right. or God yeah. was overtaken by Satan and then he had to turn it to some other good. It was 
and even the wording says that you mm-hmm. you did evil, but God meant it. It is a pronoun referring to the evil, right. and so the actions are no different. Mm-hmm. It's the intentions mm-hmm. that were different, and. I think for us, if we're going to try to think on why, what's the purpose of suffering, I think we have to have room for um, not just separating all the suffering comes from Satan and God is here to change all of it. Right. I think mm-hmm. there has to be room for God is doing something mm-hmm. and is, is doing something for us and to us and something as his larger plan. And this is a part of it. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that but, was a tangent. You know, well, it, it was, okay. <laughs> but it was related also. It was related. Um, because otherwise, I don't think we even have room for there being a purpose. I think it's just mm-hmm. right. life yeah. stinks. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then God's got to do something about it. Right. You know? Well, right. because if Satan has that power, that obviously says that, you know, God doesn't have that power or authority over Satan himself or what mm-hmm. happened. So then ultimately he wouldn't have all authority and all power, right. which right. scripture clearly states that he does. Right. right. So if Satan was doing his own little thing and God was like completely surprised by what was happening, right. like he wouldn't be God. Right. Which, right. which is like exactly what Job is like wrestling with so yeah. much. Right. So yeah. Job doesn't, Job doesn't really see this heavenly scene where Satan has to ask for authority to right. afflict Job. But then Job will say things like, God is the one who has done this to Mm -hmm. me, right? And you could think, well, maybe he's wrong. Maybe he needs to realize Satan's done it, but that's not really the point. I think, I think the point is that Job is right. Like God has, has in a sense done this to him by allowing it to come to pass through this, this kind of secondary agent. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's calling God, you know, to task for and say, help me understand this suffering. Right. Right. Um, He's recognizing that God is overall things sure right? yeah. um, or even in second corinthians 12 7 through 10 where um paul has this thorn in the flesh right mm. and it was given to him by one of satan's messengers and who does he go to to plead that it be taken from him does he go to satan no he goes to god to mm. plead that it would mm. be taken from him um and God didn't. And God didn't. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think ultimately realizing that God has that authority and power over, yeah. even though, you know, there is an allowance there and there is, you know, a leash in a mm-hmm. sense, but um, that is very important to realize, you know, that Satan's not being able to do just whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and I've, I've not heard, <laughs> I, I've struggled to say I've even heard a sermon on Job that tried to answer the why and did it and give it and then do justice Mm -hmm. to it because it is just a, I don't, you know, it it is a perplexing scenario to try to answer the why behind it. Right. And even God doesn't give it, right? God shows up at the end and kind of just says, well, who are you? And Uh, I think that's it. And that's the point. Yeah. 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 Um, so back to what are some of the purposes right. of suffering? Right, we kind of got off track, but it was, it was good. You know, we have seen that God is sovereign mm-hmm. over suffering, whether mm-hmm. that's through X, Y, Z, however it's happening. He's sovereign over it, right. and there is a purpose. So what are some of the purposes? What is the purpose of suffering? The first like, kind of passages that come to my mind are like where, where Paul would be talking in Romans 5 and say, we don't just rejoice in the glory of God. But we rejoice in our sufferings, right? I think it says because suffering uh, produces endurance and endurance produces hope and hope produces 
our uh, endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope doesn't put us to shame, right? Where he's kind of saying that our suffering actually deepens our longing for um, the coming glory of God. Yeah. And it, it actually makes us people ready to receive mm. it, right? Where it's a, uh, a kind of making us aware of um, the world as it really is, right? It's kind of reminding us to a degree of, um, yeah, things are not yet perfect. You right. know, we have Jesus now, but we're looking still forward to the day to come. And mm-hmm. God actually uses suffering to teach us that right. in some ways. He's, um, he says that similarly in Corinthians, um, the slight momentary affliction is preparing right. us for eternal weight of you mm-hmm. know, glory mm-hmm. beyond all comparison. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's preparing us for something, something better. Mm-hmm. Um, gets into another cliche anyway um another pastor john that i know um john piper i um i don't know if you know him but um i've heard the the lesser of the pastor john yeah the lesser of the pastor john's obviously um but he said something that i read recently that really i feel like kind of sticks with us when a when a church or a christian goes through times of darkness and trial it's because god loves us so much that will he will spare us nothing to get us out of what he really hates mm. namely sin mm. Mm. and i was like man god uses suffering um to make us more like christ yeah mm-hmm. right like philippians three ten, that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his his sufferings being conformed to his death like he uses our suffering to conform us into his image right yeah. like yeah so purpose number two. Per, uh, purpose number two, sure. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily in priority. <laughs> I was just like, dang, like okay, the second. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to sum up two. as we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, one purpose is we look yeah. forward to the future. One purpose is we're made into the image of Christ. Yep. I, something in thinking about this, when thinking uh, about us looking toward the future, um, I think there's a there's a converse sort of side of that, or, or maybe a compliment. But anyway, um, which is... Um, I, I think a lot of times we don't really think a lot on what we actually deserve, which is eternal suffering, eternal wrath, and therefore um, don't really, the the suffering we go through here then starts to bear a much greater weight Mm -hmm. than I think it would if we were to keep in mind what we actually deserved, which is another eternal perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's the... um, the other side of that eternal perspective mm-hmm. where we're going, man, and, and every thing that I go through that's suffering that I think is bad, mm-hmm. um, in light of that right. is not as bad, right. you know, and that's where that security is because man, um, e- even, um, when phrases are used like the best is yet to come or things of those nature, you know, sorry, I'm not trying to mix another podcast. <laughs> but, um, but knowing that that best that's yet to come is um, glorification right. mm-hmm. and me not getting the damnation that I deserve, then this momentary light affliction, you know, right. that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of that, I guess. That doesn't whole, mean like our affliction here and now is going to be easy. It doesn't mm-hmm. like, but I feel well, like Paul that, said it's light. Well, you know, Paul <laughs> is greater than all of us, you know. <laughs> um, it will change our perspective is what right. you're saying. Like mentally it's going to change our perspective. It doesn't necessarily make right. what you're actually going mm-hmm. through any less hard. But right. mentally, if you can change your perspective mm-hmm. there, looking at it 
um, in an internal view rather than a here and now this sucks. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think, you know, even with that, like in that same letter where he talks about, you know, this being a light momentary affliction, mm-hmm. Second Corinthians, at the beginning he's kind of catching them up to speed on like what he's been going through. Right. Right? And he says, we don't want you to be unaware of the affliction that we suffered. Right? Yeah, right. And where he says, you know, we were burdened beyond our strength, right? You know, like that's heaviness, that's yeah. language, right? But then he says, but this was um, to teach us to, to depend upon God or to rely upon God who raises yeah. the mm-hmm. dead, right? You know, so he's able to uh, uh, see, you know, sometimes we're not able to do that. We're, we're not always blessed with being able to see um, in quite such a turnaround fashion, like what our, the purpose of our particular suffering was at that time. Yeah. But Paul, in whatever situation he, he was in, comes to realize, like, this, we suffered so that we would learn to depend more upon mm-hmm. God in, yeah. this, in this situation. So. Yeah. It's interesting also that um, so many of the references to suffering in Scripture are distinctly physical pain. Mm-hmm. And that's not to minimize any of our um, sufferings in life. But man, for Paul to say that, and like you said, in the context of all these things mm-hmm. um, is, is pretty intense mm-hmm. for him to have a hold of that futuristic glory and um, knowing the purpose behind it. And I think that's you know, obviously the, one of the reasons we're doing this is because I think the purpose behind it is what helps us mm-hmm. uh, go through it. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that God does have uh, purposes for our suffering, which would indicate that they can't simply be categorized as like something that comes from Satan. It, it would seem off, off balance to actually rebuke um, sufferings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing is that this same, um, this same camp would rebuke these things that are happening. Like if, if, and just take Job, for example, if these things were happening, it would be where I rebuke this in Jesus' name. And at the same time, the same camp would hold to, um, you know, very dearly to the promises of God. Mm. And the, the irony is that suffering is promised by God. Mm. I mean, there is a mm-hmm. sense where, um, Suffering is a promise. Jesus said, Mm -hmm. uh, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. No one is greater than his Mm -hmm. teacher. And um, I don't know if those are two different verses. I'm just, my head gets all over the place. So (laughs) you're a verse smasher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We just start merging all of them together. But, but yeah, I think that's an interesting reality is that once we realize that God has a purpose in this, then Maybe I'm not wanting to try to rebuke this situation, Mm -hmm. but rather embrace it. Now, I think this is kind of a no-brainer question, but um, would y'all say there's a difference between, like, rebuking your trial or what you're going through and praying that God would take it away? I I think there's a posture that's probably different. Um, I, I think there's an assumption of authority that's maybe... Uh, too far a lot of times when using the language of rebuking and um, you know Paul is an example he asked God to take it away yeah but then when God's response was my grace is sufficient right right. then Paul is okay right yeah and and I think the I, I don't think that we're called to just accept suffering and just say oh this is great more right. pain um, I think we you know 
the Psalms are full of language of, you know, crying out to God yeah. for relief from enemies or from distress or fears. Um, Paul, you know, prays for relief there. Even, you know, Peter, when Peter gets arrested in the book of Acts, the church is yeah. pleading on behalf of him, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And Peter gets out, but James was already put to death, right? You know, like there's this, um, there's this kind of tension kind of all the way through there where I think we're supposed to recognize how bad suffering is mm-hmm. and then bring that to the Lord, but then trust that mm-hmm. suffering in Jesus is a categorically different thing, mm-hmm. right? And if we suffer in Jesus now, uh, we are going to share abundantly in Jesus' life yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even that's the way Paul speaks in Philippians 3, right? Mm. Uh, so that by any means we might know the power of his resurrection. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that prayer, even asking for mm-hmm. it to be taken, is a recognition of um, God and his right. power over it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is, prayer is always uh, um, a posture of, I'll say always, I'm sure it can be perverted, but generally speaking, a posture of submission, recognition of position and power and um, it's a dependency. Yeah, dependency. Crying out. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I think mm-hmm. there are examples think, of that. Yeah, even in the prayer, like, um, praying in a way where it's like, but if you don't, you know, right. I trust in you. If you don't, you are still good. If you mm-hmm. don't, you are still faithful. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, whereas a rebuking, I feel like, would be thinking that you're above the suffering that right. you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think Shadrach, Meshach, they're a good example. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you, I think, I don't know if that's where you were drawing that from, but it made me think of yeah. right away. Yeah. Yeah. Because of our, like, comfortable yeah. Christianity, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, how has it caused us to misunderstand biblical suffering? Right, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's a really, I'll kind of speak from my own story, right? So when I became you know, a believer and a follower of Jesus and as a senior in high school and I'm reading the gospels, I was just struck by how much like persecution and suffering just kind of seemed to be on Jesus's mind. And then how that even continues throughout the rest of the new Testament Mm -hmm. and how that just seems so different than what I seemed to see in the kind of church culture I suddenly found myself in where a lot of suffering was having to deal with like self-worth or feeling Mm -hmm. useless or feeling abandoned. And I think it took me a while to reconcile that those are both legitimate kinds of suffering, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They're just, they're different in their Mm -hmm. cause and their source, right? And we have the same gospel addresses both of them, but does so in kind of different ways, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? but I, I, I think we are just, uh, we're so shaped by our culture that tells us that um, suffering is always undeserved. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That it just, it just throws us for a loop. And we just think, well, if suffering is like, no one deserves to suffer and God's allowing this and I'm supposed to uh, have this particularly great relationship with God mm-hmm. um, that he must hate me or something like that, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I think we just have a, it just, it's hard for us to compute it, I think, in a way that maybe it wouldn't be in other places. Mm. I think it, 
doles our feeling of need. Mm-hmm. We're so comfortable. We just don't feel a sense of need in general. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I think mm-hmm. is that it makes it harder for us to hear that you are actually someone who is in need. I think the gospel, and we've already had a conversation about the gospel, I think it kind of becomes something else mm-hmm. in and of itself because uh, maybe the, the, the thought is, well, we need to address um, uh, we need to have a message to help with these needs mm-hmm. um, that aren't really the need. Right. And mm-hmm. um, so I think in a lot of ways it, it has affected um, mm-hmm. us in a Christian culture in the way of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's affected the right. gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Knew this was going to be a, a fun podcast episode <laughs> where we're like, you know, should we expect suffering? And um, <laughs> But does that make life depressing to expect it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it can. Like, I think I think if that hangs over you, and I think there can be a, um, I mean, I think I've seen that even just in ministry where, where that becomes such a, a burden on folks, right? Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think they've been, they've been so hurt by something that's happened that they can't look at almost anything without seeing the potential for that next thing hurting or causing pain too. Like, I think that's definitely true. Like, if we just become so um, consumed with the thought, okay, suffering is going to come and you're just kind of waiting for it, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, we can, our hearts can jump onto that with kind of some anxiety of just always waiting for the next bad thing to happen, right? Which is kind of, I think, a lopsided view of what what we've been talking about so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that expecting suffering necessarily means that. Mm -hmm. I think it I, I think actually like the Bible tells us to expect suffering to do the opposite, to help us to be uh, ready and prepared. So, you know, like we're in first Peter he says, why, why do you act like something strange is happening? <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like he's like, we've told you to expect this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even like when Paul's going through uh, the churches and acts, he says, you know, like it, summarizing like what he's teaching them, he says, through many trials, you should en- we shall enter the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like that's kind of baked into Paul's instruction, and he wants them to understand that for right. their endurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think to expect it because Scripture says it's going to be there is a good thing, but I think to expect it with uh, an expectation of glory mm-hmm. as well. Right, I right. think there's a good holding both of those in their proper place because yeah if i'm only expecting the suffering Mm -hmm. without the reality of this is a light momentary affliction or without the reality that um i'm not getting as bad as i deserve then yeah i think that can lead to us just spiraling and um but i do think the other side of that is is um is maybe equally as bad which is if we if we teach uh, scripture in such a way to where we don't have a category mm-hmm. for expecting mm-hmm. suffering, then people aren't prepared for it. And then when it does happen, it's crazy catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think in, it's, it's, a, it's an understanding of expecting that suffering along with the expectation of the glory in Christ mm-hmm. that I think is going to keep yeah. that uh, positive. I think it's also not just like dwelling in your suffering, right. kind right. of like what mm-hmm. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, like though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like 
you're walking through it. You're not setting up camp there. Right. You know, right. you're not staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that you know you can't experience those feelings or you know you know go mm-hmm. through that. Um, not to say that you have to push it down mm-hmm. and shove it down deep, but it's you're you're walking. Right. Even if yeah. those are tiny little baby steps, like right. you're yeah. walking, and so you're not just setting up camp in your suffering right you're moving through it yeah whether we expect it or not coupled with the previous question about how does this affected the church um you know there's a common another common statement which is you know god won't let you down and um to me (laughs) i'm just thinking of that song i don't know which one that is god's never gonna let you down oh Um, let me down, but phrasings like that, songs like that, build in us this mm-hmm. thought that nothing's not ever going to go wrong. Right. Yeah. Like, and it becomes that becomes the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, where if I trust in Jesus, then everything's going to go right, and He's never going to let me down. Well, you can look at like myriads of people in mm-hmm. Scripture who, in the moment, I'm willing to bet a lot of money they felt let down. Yeah. Why is Jesus on the cross saying, God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. You know, there's in in our humanity, we can't escape the feeling of being like like we're being let down. Mm-hmm. And so if if we're purporting this message of God won't let you down, then I think we're setting people up to really wrestle with God. How should we as Christians walk through or endure suffer- suffering in ways that worships God. Are y'all cool if I go ahead and just like flip that real quick? Yes, yeah. Right, cool. I mean, although we only touched on two purposes for what... <laughs> you got more purposes? We, no, I mean, there are a lot no, of purposes. No, I'm not, I'm not meaning so... you shouldn't change the page. I'm just saying, <laughs> let's just acknowledge the fact that there are more. There are a ton of purposes. We can't hit on all of them. Go read scripture. Yeah, there we go. And then all tell right. us all So purposes. let's talk about how we worship God through suffering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. I think putting suffering in the context of worship opens up a really important category for us to keep in mind that that worship isn't just bringing our positive emotions mm. to God, right? Yeah. But it's bringing ourselves and our hearts <clears throat> with what we would call positive or negative emotions mm-hmm. and bring all of those fully to him and kind of responding to him kind of in light of where we are kind of sitting in reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that's like, why the Psalms seem so like to be such downers sometimes, right? Like you get like your Psalm 23 or your Psalm 100 that just seem great. But even Psalm 23 is like, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Mm -hmm. And there are enemies who are all around me, right? Um, I think if we're just talking about like worship, like specifically worship, um, like worship properly, actually Hmm. giving praise to God or Mm -hmm. speaking to God or singing to God, that we need a category of doing that with all of the hard things too, right? Mm-hmm. And not just um, kind of setting those things aside so that I can worship, right? right? But worship is actually bringing all of those things and kind of attuning all of our emotions toward God and his reality, right? Yeah, I think that's a great point. It's a more full orb right. being that I am that mm-hmm. I can express worship to God Right, right. Yeah, in in the suffering. Yeah. Yep. Bringing those negative feelings <clears throat> and right. life that you're right, going through right. and that being a form of worship, right. even though it's not a, a positive right. feeling, is pretty right. cool. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I that think before. that's acknowledging to God, like, God, you have said these things about yourself, and I accept those things by faith. Mm-hmm. Right. But my current circumstances 
say they're tempting me to say something else about you the yeah. way things look on the ground looks mm -hmm. very different right mm -hmm. you know i think like psalm 73 like truly god is good to israel uh, but my feet almost slipped when I looked at how successful the wicked were, right? You know, he's kind of saying, like, I believe this is true. Um, but at the same time, I look around and this is really bad. Or mm -hmm. Psalm 22, uh, why have you forsaken me? And yet you're enthroned on the praises of Israel. Yeah. But I don't know, you know, like it's, and it's actually like deal, like saying those things. I think sometimes we think, well, that almost sounds doubtful. Um, mm -hmm. It almost sounds like that's not really worship, but... That's like categorically worship in scripture. That's the way that um, the Bible actually presents most of the examples we have of worship in scripture is, mm -hmm. is dealing with those tensions of, I believe these things about God, but my reality is very painful. Mm -hmm. yeah. And kind of calling upon God to meet us, show me who you really are mm -hmm. in the midst of this, right? I think another way we worship uh, in, in, in and through suffering because worship is not just our, our time of singing songs, but our lives are lived in worship. And I think a lot of times we ask God, why, why am I going through this? And we want to know the answer to why. And I think we'll worship with our lives through the suffering by recognizing that we don't actually deserve anything better and recognizing that God is doing this to make me more like Christ at a very basic level mm -hmm. and um, shifting our minds there versus asking God why. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is one way can we worship just walking through it is by saying, God, mold me and shape me into the image of Christ. Use this for that. And I'm recognizing that that uh, at a very least is part of your purpose mm -hmm. and um because we very well might not ever know the reason why. no right mm -hmm. no this is what perplexes me about joseph i mean because people we even think about the story of joseph and go like well god's look at you know they moved him to the next level of amazing glory or whatever because now they thought he had him but now he's the second in command well what did that lead to? It led to 400 years of slavery, right? You know, which led to the Exodus. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. I mean, this we God's purpose in whatever in life, whether it's things in ecstasy or things in suffering, could have a bigger purpose than anything we could ever mm -hmm. draw from it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we may never know, um, you know, other than whatever Joseph knows now in eternity. Mm -hmm. um, he. I don't know that he would have known anything about God's plan for right. slavery and right. the Exodus and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so to make it always about us, mm -hmm. I think is a, is an, is an mm -hmm. error also. And yet our humanity, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from mm -hmm. our own humanity. Our suffering could very well be for someone else's mm -hmm. edification or for their learning and mm -hmm. um, for us to be so inward focused on, you know, why is this happening to me? And um, my life is messed up and all these things, like we're really just need to shift our view on, okay, like God, I, I trust you. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I'm not enjoying this. Like, this is not fun, mm -hmm. um, but I trust that you're good. I trust that you're all powerful, can take this away if you want to, but I also trust that you're all wise and know why this is happening and you have a purpose for this and that he is faithful to his plan and that eternally it will be good for us and for God's children around us as well.
I think endurance is itself just a, yeah. its own form of worship, right? I think we've been kind of saying that, but that just um, continuing to push forward shows uh, it's kind of that Hebrews 11. It show, shows a faith in, in something that is not yet here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of giving testimony to the fact that you belong to a different mm-hmm. um a different kingdom, a different order of a different order of things, and by um, just enduring, just kind of pushing through it, mm-hmm. is a way of glorifying God, a way of bringing yeah. worship and honor to God. And I think that's the. I think sometimes we think that well, what does it mean to suffer well? And we think well, it doesn't. I don't think that necessarily means that you never have tears or pain or right. grief or questions. But I think it means continuing in the midst of those, mm-hmm. um, even if you don't get an answer. You mentioned the Psalms earlier, and you know, for a while I did not like reading the Psalms because mm-hmm. it was just felt whiny to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just, I was, uh, You've always hated whining. <laughs> well, we had four kids. We'd still have four kids. Four They're just girls. not little kids anymore. Uh, so whining got to be something that, I, yeah, I really hate. But, um, you know, I don't think it was really until I went through some of my own personal um, whining <laughs> issues, own personal whining, <laughs> and um, I'm not by I'm not haven't been naturally a, a depressed type right. person, yeah. but man, you know, there, there was a, a season in my life where some some things transpired where, man, it was a struggle, mm-hmm. and to see the humanity in Scripture. You know, because there's not another book really in scripture where we get to see the human emotions like the Psalms. And David continually, like a lot of his, I say David, I just the, the default there, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the Psalms begin with personal struggles and pain and issues. And where do they end? They end with lifting God mm-hmm. up and declaring his attributes. And mm-hmm. that's a pattern in a lot of them. And mm-hmm. I just think for us, to model that, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. I'll just say, if, if you're struggling, you know, with dealing with suffering, the Psalms are a good place to go mm-hmm. um, to read those and see how um, people, real life people in scripture dealt with that. So they aren't alive anymore, but you know, no, they, they were though. Except for Christ. Yeah. They're not characters <laughs> in a book. That's, they are. <laughs> they were real people. Earthly, not alive. <laughs> they are <laughs> eternally. Um, <laughs> Anyways, sorry, I had to make that weird. But um, I think another thing in a way that we um, worship through our suffering is rejoicing in it. Not to say that that equates or equals enjoying it, um, but when it's counted all joy um, or even... First Peter 4 um, tells us to rejoice, not in spite of our suffering, but because of our mm-hmm. suffering. Um, this isn't like the power of positive thinking, yeah. you know, this right. is um, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, you know, now we can rejoice knowing that there is a future glory to come and that by us sharing and suffering with Christ, we will also share in glorification with him. Uh, one more thing that John Piper said, and sorry to, you know, I'm not quoting you, Pastor John. If you just, if you just say John, then John, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll give the credit. All right. John, John said, um, <laughs> A lot of God's process of getting us ready for heaven is to burn the hell out of us. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I feel like a lot of 
suffering is just burning the hell out of us. So in summary, um, we just want you to know that lift your heads up, you're going to suffer. <laughs> um, but seriously, um, look to Christ and um, trust Him. Expect that God has a purpose and that God is working something, whether that's something we can figure out and know or not. And um, yeah, at the very least, become more like Christ as you trust through your suffering. And we hope you have a great night or day, whatever time you're watching this <laughs> <laughs> or listen. Just have a great life, you know, that endures suffering. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Did Daffy Duck say suffer and succotash? Isn't that a? I don't is know. That, isn't that Sylvester the cat? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's know. the cat. Suffer and succotash. But I was just trying to. <laughs> I, was, I thought about it that at one point through this, and then I'm thinking, was it suffering succotash? Because that doesn't really make sense. That sounds know. right, but yeah, I don't really. She know wouldn't know. You're asking me, and I have no idea. How old are you, John? Twenty-nine. Oh, okay. <laughs>